Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. We've been on a journey along what uh, someone uh, was texting Brenda this week who was trying to catch up. Uh, on the teachings online and said, when did you start this? And when we said April, we're like, oh my, uh, to find out to go to that far back. And it's been, actually, it's coming to this, uh, if you will, this climax of understanding of freedom. And so this, this, what we're doing here and looking at Galatians is actually just a, a slight bit of review so everybody can catch up in their hearts with where we're at. Um, as we've worked through where strongholds in our lives are and what they are and how the weapons of our warfare, the spiritual weapons that God has given us, allow us to walk into the freedom of who God declares us to be. So it says here in Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And he says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That is God's true nature, if you will, of freedom. And last week I talked about seeing life through a cage, if you will, and that if, if a cage is there, there are bars, right? Uh, we, we have these things in our lives. It's symbolic. So if you think of being in a cage or being in a jail, uh, there are bars in our lives that represent everything from uh, traumatic occurrences to the families that we were raised in to the lies that we believed about ourselves and others to circumstances that happened to us. All those things combined, and when we become familiar with us, those literally, they, those bars represent a strong hold on our lives. And so I ended last week with encouraging everybody to look at the spaces, because that's where freedom is, when we begin to see the spaces. So as we were going through this, you know, how, how important and what does God think of all this and what do I think of it and all that. So I go doopty doing through my week. And about midweek I have a, uh, I guess you'd call it a nightmare, maybe a, close to a night terror. And uh, I have a little sleep deprivation issue anyway, more than snoring. And uh, I do a thing called acting out. So I yell, scream, kick. Uh... I, I, don't, I don't go unconscious when I ram. I did a, one of those sleep studies. But I've never sleepwalked. And this, week, this past week, I, I did sleepwalking. And I didn't know it until I woke up. And the dream I was having was about being in a jail, being caged up. And it was violating my deep sense of freedom. And I was being jailed unjustly. And I had to get out. And... I can remember screaming, trying to make the jailer mad enough at me that he would fight with me so I could overcome him to break free. And he wouldn't fight with me. He just kept putting me back in this jail. 
And so when I finally became conscious, I was in my closet, you know, double door closet, those sliding doors. I was in my closet smashing the door off the railing hooks, uh, screaming, I will be free. And I think it's representative of what God wants to do in all of our lives here, you know. And I I hope I don't sleepwalk again. I certainly hope that uh, I don't do what Mr. Irvin did and take a little tumble over the, the banister when that happens. And I don't want any more of them. But here's what that did for me. Was that the Lord? I don't know. Here's, here's what I know. He was speaking to my heart in such a way that it affected my sleep life. And I think this is really important. And he must think it's important for you. And I want you to know that there is this place that God, and so if that takes a prayer or you reaching out or you just receiving this morning, whatever that looks like to you, I want you to know this. There is a place of freedom in Christ that sometimes we have to battle for. Sometimes we have to say no more to the bars and, and do that. And Christ has done it for us. And when we recognize that, we can walk in a sense of freedom. And I tell you what, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Now, for some people, that can represent everything from an addiction to a stupid way of thinking. You ever thought stupid before? Well, this is what I found in my life. I have a friend. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the one that lets the mask down a little bit. So I've been pretty stupid in my life and really did a lot of stupid things and uh, did them on dares and did them on trying to prove something about myself or... Uh, who I was to other people, or trying to make myself to be something that I ought not to be. And this is why I find a friend who says this, sin makes you stupid. Well, um, I got stupid a lot, so you know what that means. I said, uh, you know. And everything in that, this is the nature of God's freedom, that it's not enough to merely get free. That's not the true nature of God's freedom for each of us. God invites us into freedom. He comes and he frees our heart. Can you remember those times where like God really met you at a place where you were in anguish and went, I can't do this anymore. Anybody been there? Cannot do this anymore. And God met you at that place and then it was okay for a little while. And then you felt yourself just slowly drifting back behind the bars. And the spaces in between the bars started closing in. And it felt like you were getting shut off all again. And we forgot that the one who set us free wants us to stay free. And that's not by your will. We go on the same way we got in. He set us free. And if he set us free, guess what he can do? Keep us free. That's the nature of God's freedom. It is for freedom. Because I used to really wrestle with that. I used to go, what the heck does that mean? It's for freedom that he set us free? Okay, la, 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 I'm free. Let me put daisies behind my ear and, you know, dance through the valley. And 
It's something much, much more deeper than that. So as you hear this morning and enter into this, wherever places that you felt pinned in your thought process, uh, you know, most, most of the traps that we have, I tell you, are up here. We think they're in our emotions, but your emotions and your thinking are connected. And when your thoughts align with what is true truth, God's freedom, your emotions start coming behind it. They start following it. And they start leading it. And you start seeing the spaces between the bars. So uh, one author that I listen to and read a lot, uh, Graham Cook, he talks about this passage of Scripture. Oh, somebody help me. Carrie, next slide. I do not know why this isn't working this morning. Whoa. Okay. He talks about Isaiah 61. And it's this. that We all know this well, this passage of Scripture. If you've been in or around church for a long time, um, and a lot of us like to embrace this, that this is a Scripture for us, but I actually believe that this was written to and for and about the Lord Jesus. Because of the fact that this is the first Scripture, so he went to Holy Writ, yes, This is the first scripture that he publicly read that we know of. So he comes out of the wilderness, right? He has his temptation, are you God, are you not God? And he comes back and he comes out of this deep, deep, strenuous, but intimate time with the Lord. And he comes to the synagogue and he goes up and they ask him to do the reading. And the scrolls are open to this and he reads this passage of scripture. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You know, it's just like, you can't make this stuff up. That happened. You know, this wasn't happenstance. This really occurred. And he starts saying this. He said, because the Lord has anointed me. And he's he's speaking the scriptures that were written about him. He's saying them back to himself, to the Father, and to everybody else to listen to. He says, to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You ever been brokenhearted? Jesus came because you were brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And we always think in terms of like criminals that have been put in prison. That's, if you look in the original language, that's not what it's speaking to at all. It's speaking to the same sense, those that are brokenhearted, those who have been captured and ensnared with their own stuff, their, their own dealings. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those, you know, and then it ends up with us with saying this, they shall be called the trees of righteousness because of what I'm doing. Here's the most amazing thing. In the gospel it says, That when he got done reading it, this is what he declared. It's done right now in your eyes. That not have been stunning? Can you imagine sitting in that congregation? And the Lord himself declares of himself his own word over himself and says, today in your eyes it's fulfilled. Look at me. Look right at me. 
Stop looking at your bars. I've come to set you free. That was, a, that was the first message he wanted to preach. It wasn't about how sinful they were, how bad they were, how discombobulated they were, how jacked up they were. It was this proclamation. <laughs> I've come to open up your prison door. I've come to let you out of the box. I've come to take away the bars. I've come to give you empty spaces so you can be totally you. I've come to proclaim this. And what he says, this is done right now. This is done. This is, like, this is pre-cross stuff. He said, today it's fulfilled because I'm here. So this is what it means to me. Not only has he done it, but he is doing it and he will do it. Because it hadn't been done yet. Everything that we would attribute in sound theology is, well, that was given to us after the cross. He said, no, now. Because I'm telling you, I'm going, it's going to be done. You're free today. What? Why does that mean anything? Because in our lives and in our jails, we try to set up the scenarios, the steps that have to happen for him to bring freedom. So if I get this, this, and this straightened out in my life, and he looks at me, and since he's a judge, he'll probably wink at a couple of those things and give me some grace there. And then if I tell him how sincere I am, that maybe he'll, he'll just, oh, you know, he'll, Kind of turn the other cheek and not look at it. It's not what he did. He said, look at me. Right here's freedom. Today it's fulfilled in your eyes. Stunning. To each one of us, this is still true. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. That you might be glorified. You don't hear what the scripture says. I declare you righteous. You might be glorified. How much glory do you feel right now? Y'all don't. Now, if you, you should be smiling at me with bit like big teeth, like I'm glorified. <laughs> That's who I truly am. What if you showed up at work tomorrow as a glorified person? <laughs> what would that look like? Can I pick on you, Chad? All right. So here's Chad, full of glory. When other people come around, they go, oh, well, glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. That dude's shining. You know, he would receive this. Shine on, you crazy diamond. Just shine on. Be who God made you to be. Be in the freedom. If you see yourself free, guess what? You will start being free. So finding freedom allows us to keep freedom. When we find it, we're allowed to keep it. Next slide, please, because this thing isn't working. Fear... Legalism and performance are the things that Paul is warning about not being entangled in yokes. It's all, it's all based in this. When we're not aligned with the freedoms that are laid out there in Isaiah 61, we live 
with a sense of fear. Most believers, even you crazy grace people, get these little tinges of fear. Don't know why it happens. It might be a small bar for some of us, but for a lot of us, it's a big bar. And so we start reading the scriptures of God's true freedom to us. We start relating to each other very differently because when I start doing that and I will see myself and you differently and then I get this little nagging thing called fear and anxiety working in my life. And then I'm tempted to not really live in the freedom that I have but I start living in the freedom that I think you want to see me in. I start my series of behaviors of making sure that you are okay with me so that I can be okay with me. Is this making sense? And we start doing these little things and we have the, so we start trying to, instead of aligning ourselves with God's true nature of freedom that we gave, he's given to us, I start coming up with little equations Because fear drives me to legalism. Legalism drives me to performance. And my performance is never enough to make me free. No matter how good I get at it, it's not enough to make me free. It's a gift. God just looks at you and goes, you're free. By the way, free people are the most dangerous ones on the earth. Because when I get free, I don't care how hard they try, they can't keep me in my closet. They can't keep me behind bars. When I'm free, I don't care what they say, what they do. I don't have to argue with them. I don't have to debate with them. I don't have to tell them I'm this or I'm that. I live in freedom. I believe in the one who came for me. I believe in the one who declared me free. And I can live in that. And <clears throat> the heck with you. Not in, a, hmm, not in an elitist way. It's just, now, that won't work anymore. Here, here's the funny thing. I know some of you have tasted this. When you get free, like I smell religion and legalism 90 miles away now. I won't call it what some of my friends call it. <laughs> just so I don't offend anybody this morning. But like I smell that, that's like, mm. you know, that, how many of you grew up in farm country? Anybody from Iowa? Ah, <laughs> okay. When there's a hog farm, they know it for about five to eight miles. That's the way this stuff is to me now. Don't, I, I refuse to live in that. And even when they put the trip on me, I go, yeah, go for it, brother. If you want to go after it that way, by all means, do that. And I'm not here to stop you. But I ain't doing that anymore. I'm not going to do that. I have to fast for 21 days to get something from God. Now, he may, he may invite me to fast, but you don't get to invite me to a fast. And tell me that God told you that I should fast. You won't hear me do that here. Now, if God speaks to your heart and you believe you're supposed to fast or something, by all means, fast. By all means, 
uh, enter into what the invitation that God has for you and bless you, but I'm going to eat Christmas dinner. I obviously like to eat quite a few of them. Because alignment with God's word looks like freedom to me. And I don't have to, in legalism, convince God to give me something he's already given me. That's what we do with legalism. Is I take and I make my confession unto him, asking him to do in my life what he says, it is finished, it's done. Go to the next slide. It's stunning. I'm going to read this a little bit slow this morning because the end of this is like, what? Because we don't read it as to what it says. So, again, he's warning about legalism and fear and judgmentalism. He says, now this I say in Colossians 2.4, lest anyone should deceive you. He's talking about the way you think, your beliefs. With persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, do what? How did they receive him? Did they have to do something to get it? Think through this. They received it in freedom, didn't they? He freely gave it to them. They freely received it. Now, and Paul says, now walk that way. Don't let people try to use convincing words that you've got to do something to walk in Christ. Tracking with me? Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. That means fleshy ways. Remember, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, are not this way. According to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. What are the basic principles of the world? Well, there's quite a few of them that we learn to live life by. If I perform really well, I'll get rewarded. I'll get a pay raise. If I make all A's on the test, I'll get a free ride to school. If I do this, I get that. If, then. If, then. If, then. And that equation keeps going on. If you do this well, so what do we take forward into our faith? If I do, then God will be happy with me. But he's saying right here, wait a minute. This is, that, that's the world's philosophy. God's philosophy is this. I love you. I give myself to you. You're a righteous woman. What? No, 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 no. I need to earn, I know, I know my own value. I need to do this for me. I need to know that there's just one good little thing down there that you wanted to say. You know what he says? Oh, I saw you in all goodness. I created you, Ephesians 1, before the foundations of the world. 
I knew that you would exist. I delighted in you. This was so hard for me, you guys. Everything from the physical limitations to the family limitations to my lack of giftings, my lack of social graces, all those things. How wonderful I could do something wonderful. He says, oh, I love you. I'm going to give you freedom. I'm going to give you me because I'm free. Is God free? Does God go where he wants to in the universe? Yeah, pretty much as far as I know. You ever been to Alpha Centauri? Well, not in my right mind. <laughs> but he is. He's always in his right mind. And he is completely free. And the nature of freedom is he gives you his nature. So what is God doing at you all the time? What is God doing within you? Come on, somebody connect the dots. What is God doing inside of you if his nature is freedom? Birthing freedom in you. You go, "Mm, no, I didn't obey last week. Mm, No, I'm not quite there yet. Oh, I don't quite measure up. Well, not really, but is there something good there, God? Is there something salvageable? See, these mindsets, they try to constrict and afflict the very sense of freedom that the Spirit of God is birthing in you. And that's why we feel at war inside of ourselves. That's where the warfare is. Because most of us have gotten at least enough of God that we go, oh, this tastes really good. And so we want to sing the song, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, who's stopping you from eating all day and all night? Not God. He says in Isaiah, come, my friends, come eat. Come buy food and drink. Come buy bread and wine and feast. Why are you standing outside? You, think, you don't think the way I think. This is literally what he says in Isaiah. He said, and then he humbles him and he says, my ways aren't your ways. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. And he says, yes, he says, but come, let us reason together. He wants you to think through it. He wants you to present your argument. He goes, nope, free. He has this wonderful trump card called Grace. He's this incredible, there's two trump cards, grace and mercy. Mercy triumphs. Oh, yeah, but you did that, and I'm not sure that applies here. Really? You on earth are deciding what God's mercy looks like. Huh, let me think through that. That seems more like bars than it does spaces. Now, look at the rest of this, because this is stunning to me. I'm reading this the other day, and I'm going, what? I must have read that. I don't know. I'm not an evangelist, but maybe I'm exaggerating a hundred times through the years. I don't know. So we've said, beware lest anyone cheat you. For you've not, you know, you're doing it under the principles, not according to Christ. So verse 9, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you 
are complete in him. What? Who is the head of all principality and power. And you, who still see the bars, are complete in him. What does complete mean? You have it all. You have everything necessary for godliness, Paul wrote. So, Nevaeh colored this. Look at what she did with all the spaces. She completed the picture. She colored in the lines. It's a complete picture of what poppies, even purple ones, of what poppies look like and what they represent and used to represent on Veterans Day. She filled in the spaces with the color of life, of Christ. You're complete in him. There's no lack. There's no dotted lines. There's no connect the dot anymore. I'm I'm complete in Christ. Um, (laughs) It's finished. How about that? He said that. Does the it is finished mean you? Some of you are wondering. This is good this morning, huh? Could you audaciously presume to stand and say, I'm complete in Christ today? And there's no jail that can keep me Would you dare to really be free in the freedom that Christ has given you? Because the freedom that Christ's given you is to be like Christ. What? If you tell them they're that free, they'll go do whatever they want. You know what they want? Christ. (laughs) That's the nature of freedom. Because it comes from the same guy that stood in front of a group of people and said, Today it's fulfilled in your eyes. We do not understand our freedom. And we keep, we keep telling ourselves and other people how we're still trapped. Would you just pray for me? Now, I know, we all get in a bad place. I understand that. I can, Mr. Melancholy can do it, trust me. And I can, get, I can start getting down and I don't even know why I'm being down. So I'm not putting anybody down. But listen, the declaration comes in this. You start getting up in the morning, looking in the mirror and says, well, it's for freedom that Christ set you free this day. You can live totally in him. Completely in him. You're a righteous person on the earth today. You are an oak of righteousness, Lloyd. And then when I start doing that, I start dropping little acorns all over the place. And those acorns take root in other ground and other little oak trees start coming up. And pretty soon I'm looking behind me and go, where'd that forest come from? 
I wasn't like, I'm not an evangelist. I didn't do that. No, you were living in the freedom that's Christ. Evangelism shouldn't be a goal. It's the fruit of our lives. It's never a goal. It's not, it shouldn't be a mission statement of any church, let alone this one. Jesus said, they'll know that I'm alive when they see you love each other. What? Yeah, but they got to first be told that they're dead in their sins and trespasses. Really? Really? What if they were told they were the most beautiful thing on the earth? And that God gave his life for them because he created them in beauty. What? Huh? It's such a sweet sound and it sounds so far away when you first start listening to it. Would you, would you play that tune again? What's that? Maybe you've traveled back from a far country of imprisonment. And just like William Wallace in Braveheart, you come home to Scotland and you go... You can smell it in the air. You can feel it in your bones. God's place of home is a place of freedom. And you can bash at the bars all you want and you're going to get bloody knuckles. Or you can see the spaces and trust me, you're little enough to slip through them because they're wide enough with what Christ did. Freedom is not beyond you. Do not, that's the philosophy of men. There's not an addiction. There's not anything that is not overcome in Christ. Not one thing. There's not one thing. If there was one thing that would nullify all things, if there was one thing about it that's a lie, it's all a lie. So if it's true that you are free, then you ought to say today, I'm free. Try it. I'm free. I'm really free. And if you don't feel really free, just pray to the one that will speak Isaiah 61 right into your heart. You might end up writing a book. You might really start living life to the fullest. God, I pray for us right now. Give us freedom. Even my own thoughts that, that play at sword fighting, one thought fights against another. One voice tells me I'm this and the next voice tells me I'm that. Come and declare the freedom of who you are inside of each one of our hearts that I don't have to manipulate anymore. I don't have to control. God, I don't want that burden. I don't have to make it happen. I don't have to see to it. I don't have to do something to get it. I want to receive the gift of who you are again in my life today, that I would walk as a free person. God, I pray that there would be a skip in everybody's step today. I pray that there would be a rejoicing that just like a four-year-old skips through the parking lot, that every one of these adults would have a skip in their heart. 
that they would want to sing and dance. Songs of rejoicing, songs of freedom, and that we would stop looking at those damn bars. Take them out of the way. Bend them apart, knock them down. You did this, so we receive it. The same way you did it, we receive it. God, breathe into our lives and set us free. I pray for each of us, breathe into our lives that you so loved us, you so loved me that you came. Me. You loved me. Would you say that? Really? You can do it better than that. Sorry, this is performance, but sorry. Say it. You Tell him. Oh, Lord, I pray a very dangerous prank. Very dangerous thing. Don't leave them alone with this. I ask that you would nag them. I ask that you would affect them. I ask that you would bug them. I ask that you would put a bug in their ear. I ask that this scripture would gnaw at them. I ask that it would become almost an irritant to them until they live and see the change that you have wrought for them. Don't leave us alone. I pray that great dangerous prayer. Come invade us. Lord, beyond their permission, do what you did with Saul. Knock them off their horses. Do whatever it takes. Lord, I pray that dangerous prayer over my own heart again this morning with the heart of people that I like and love here. Do whatever it takes so that I can understand the freedom that I have in you. In Christ's name. In Christ's freedom. For I believe with all my heart this morning, God, that it is for freedom that you set us free. Lord, if I have to have scars on my arm where the shackle was, I'll still raise my hands in praise to you. I was bound and now I'm free. I was blind, now I see. Amazing grace. What a sweet, sweet sound. In Jesus' name, would you stand with me? Release you with a blessing this morning. Please love one each other. If you need prayer, just tell somebody, would you pray more for me? I need a little bit more prayer. I just and may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hang on just a second. I just want you guys to um, you can sing it with me or I can sing it over you, but freedom reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace Falling on every face There is freedom Freedom reigns in this 
this place showers of mercy and grace falling on every face there is freedom one more time Jesus reigns in this place there is freedom showers of mercy and shower down, down falling on every face there is freedom 